Hello! This is the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking podcast. I'm your hostess with the most is Diane Gibbs, a.k.a. Doobie Die. This podcast is about the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking. These are my stories of me drinking and drunking my way through 30 plus years of my life and how I finally found the freedom from alcohol and still being able to have fun. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. So excited to have you here for episode 45. And it is a new month. It's March 1st. And it's so crazy that I recorded my first podcast episode one year ago today. I set two goals last year at the beginning of the year. I was going to record my first podcast on the 1st of March and release it on 420. And I did all of those. And to this day, I have now recorded 45 podcasts. I am just having a ball doing this, and it hasn't been easy. Um, There's been some tough stories, uh, but they're just part of it, and I am so grateful to be here to continue to share them with you guys. And with it being March, this, of course, was a huge party month um, for me. Uh, besides it being St. Patrick's Day, it's also my birthday at the end of the month, March 31st. So I'm going to start off this episode sharing a bit about St. Patty's Day and give you really what the history is and who St. Patrick really was. Because St. Patrick was born um, Maywin Sakat but he changed his name to Patricus after becoming a priest. So St. Patrick was kidnapped when he was 16 from Britain. Britain, did you hear that? To Ireland into slavery for six years. And which during that time, he turned with fervor to his faith. And he ended up escaping back to Britain. And then he was bound and determined to um, come back and he became a missionary and he took upon himself the great commission um, that's in the um, Bible, Matthew 28, 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. And so as he came back and uh, ministered, he shared the concept of the Holy Trinity, the three persons in one to an unbeliever by showing him the shamrock. So it's a three-leafed plant with one stalk. And so just like the leaves of each shamrock, I see there are one, there are three parts to the Holy Trinity. First is God the Father, then Jesus Christ, his only Son. With the Holy Spirit together, they are three in one. So that was the story um, that uh, St. Patrick came back and spread about um, the Lord and the, the Holy Trinity. And so the shamrock is actually the national uh, flower of Ireland. And it's so um, interesting. I read that um, around St. Patrick's Day, 
the Irish Prime Minister uh, or whoever's in charge presents the U.S. Uh, president with a crystal bowl of live shamrocks as a symbol of the close ties between the two countries. So that's kind of, that's pretty cool. I thought that was um, interesting to know that. And, um, you know, did you know that the Irish people don't really celebrate St. Patty's Day? That's something that we do over here. And, and we don't even like, it's, St. Patrick. And sometimes we spell it Patty with the two T's and it's not that it's double D and it's really St. Patrick. And St. Patrick's a day used to be a day the Irish reserved to humbly remember their patron saint, even though it became more about the culture and then it turned into a universal party. It doesn't really represent the true Irish culture anymore, let alone um, celebrate uh, a religious man. So um, but every March 17th, countries around the world celebrate St. Patrick's Day in observance of the death of St. Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland, credited for bringing Christianity to the country. Initially, a religious feast day in the 17th century, then St. Patrick's Day has evolved into a day of celebrating Irish culture with parades, music, dancing, special foods, and of course, a lot of green. So, um, and I, in honor of all this, here are some interesting facts about St. Patty's Day. Um, St. Patrick didn't wear green. His color was St. Patrick blue. The green became associated with St. Patrick's Day after it was linked to the Irish independent movement in the late 18th century. And then, despite his Irish notoriety, St. Patrick, as I mentioned, was British. He was born to Roman parents in Scotland or, or Wells um, in the late 14th century. Uh, according to Irish legend, St. Patrick used the shamrock as a metaphor um, for the Holy Trinity when he was first introducing the uh, introducing Christianity to Ireland. And St. Patrick was um, or is credited for driving out the snakes of Ireland. But they say, according to the fossil record, Ireland has never been a home of snakes as it was too cold to host reptiles during the Ice Age. And the surrounding seas kept the snakes out. So interesting. And there isn't any corn in the traditional St. Patrick's Day meal of corned beef and cabbage. The name is a reference to the large grains of salt historically used to cure the meats, also known as corns. So, and then, so Irish immigrants, this is where it came to, into the States, are in America. The Irish immigrants began observing St. Patrick's Day in Boston in 1737. And then the first St. Patrick's Day parade in America was held in New York City in 1766. So then in Chicago, the plumbers local, the um, local 10, uh, 110 union, they dye the river Kelly Green and uh, every year, and uh, and the dye usually lasts for around five hours. So um, that's pretty cool. Um, 
that, well, I, I don't know. Is that cool? I think it's cool seeing the Green River. And that's always a sight in Chicago. Um, there's been many years I've gone down there and checked it out. Um, but there's also been many years that I haven't. It was such, it gets so crazy and crowded. And it really is, um, uh, this is when people like start super early in the morning and get their day going um, with alcohol and, you know, people are starting at seven or eight. So you watching everybody going downtown to check that out. So St. Patrick's day in Chicago is just huge. And, um, and so why don't I share one of my St. Patty's day, uh, remembrances. Like, do you remember that St. Patty's Day at the Irish pub? And it's just like, which Irish pub? Because there's um, been so many in my life. Um, going back to, I would say my first one was in Grand Rapids, Flanagan's. We went there for years. Um, and then I moved to, well, then I was at Michigan State. So P.T. O'Malley's was definitely the place to be. And then in um, when I went to Ludington, it was uh, Sporties. And then Michael's Bar and Grill opened up. And then I moved to Chicago. So that was then Johnny O'Hagan's. And I uh, dated, um, and I have friends in Indiana that I've gone and celebrated um, at Flannery's over in Chesterton, Indiana. So lots of Irish bars. Claim, I claim to be Irish. I used to on St. Patty's Day. I think everybody does. And um, I had um, a lot of Irish friends um, being, especially in Chicago, because the Irish were either bar owners or builders or bar owners, brothers or realtors. Um, but there were great um Great Irish bars in Chicago. There still are. And um, Johnny O'Hagan's just happened to be like my stomping grounds um, that I um, always had such a good time. And that place ended up closing. But um, the story I'm actually going to tell you is about Michigan State. And this was um, sophomore year. So that had to have been... 87. And so at Michigan State, we were on trimesters. And so you went later in the fall, um, like at the end of September to school, and then you got out right before Christmas. And then you came back in January through March. And then right after St. Patty's Day, then there started a new semester. So the beauty of that was when St. Patty's Day was coming around, you're just finishing up your finals. And um, at that time, like you get rid of your books um, or some people could keep their college textbooks. I didn't. I would go and sell them um, as soon as everything was done. So then I would have money to go to the bar. And I remember doing that for that St. Patty's Day. I remember making sure I went and I sold those books. And going um, for St. Patty's at P.T. O'Malley's 
it's you, you had to get there early in order to get a seat. And by that time I had become like a regular and I of course knew the bartenders. And so it was one of my buddies and he was behind the bar and well, I knew the managers, I knew everybody there. Um, but you know, you got there early so you could have a seat and you just, um, and at that time I was never caught on, on what really made me vomit and all. And so that was a day of drinking green beer. Um, it was the tradition, it was cheap, it was the easiest to get. And I would do um, a challenge with a friend who could um, like drink the most green beer, who was gonna pee first, poo first, puke green first, whichever. And that was the competition. And so, man, that just went all day long. And it was really crazy because we went early. And I remember you, depending on how long you were there, you would have different shifts of people coming in and partying with you all day long. And uh, I just remember like um, my friend Tracy and uh, like first thing and then a couple other friends um coming in like at noonish and it just it just went on all afternoon and um so by probably about four or five man i had kind of had it so i had to i left and so i went back across campus this is when i was living in shaw hall in the middle of campus I don't even know how I got home, but when I got home, you know, it was always that thing you start early so you can end early and wake up feeling better the next day. Well, I got home and I was so um, wasted. I was just trying to climb up to my loft, which I couldn't, and I was just going to be sick. And I struggled and struggled to just get up on the loft, but it just wasn't possible. And I laid on the floor for quite a while until I mustered up the strength to pull my mattress down on the floor. And um, and I was actually gonna go home and go to, um, uh, supposed to go to Grand Rapids, like, cause the next day, because like I said, it was at the end of the semester or the trimester, I'd sold my books at St. Patty's and people were, you know, getting ready to head out um for like that spring break that we had and i couldn't i vomited i know i vomited green i was peeing green i was so sick and i just remember laying there going oh my gosh why did i do this why did i do this vomiting and just in a trash can i was violently ill and it was so not cool. And so much of that, of course, was caused from drinking that keg beer and that keg beer just always does you in. And um, so, man, bad um, fun during the day, bad wrap-up experience. Um, not really the concern of am I going to get sick later or how wasted. I know I wanted to get drunk because that was always the goal. But, um, and you know, I set myself up to get there. Like I sold the book so I'd have the money. And then you go there to the bar and you, you know, you have your fun time and then only to regret it, to regret it so much later. And I, it was just this constant, constant battle that I had with myself. I, I never seemed to learn. And, um, and it just, 
that was just always my mode. And so um, I want to give you some advice. And this is some 10 tips. <laughs> Let's see what this says on how to survive St. Patrick's Day. Um, St. Patrick's Day, most, mostly unscathed. Here are some top 10 tips for making it out alive. Well, it says don't go out the night before. Wake up early. Get a big, greasy breakfast. Eating, really. That was the thing I always did was make sure. Well, it wasn't breakfast. I would have that Irish, um, the Irish special. So it was the corned beef and cabbage. Oh, of course, you always had to wear green. Whatever. The beads, the hat. I have a little Irish outfit, a tutu. I just um, always enjoyed doing that. Oh, making sure your phone was charged. Um, drink something Irish. Well, isn't green beer? I don't even know. Staying dehydrated is the important thing for sure. Um, if, and this is all if you are going out and drinking. I mean, like, if you want to survive it, just don't drink and don't do it. And I don't think my, most of my, well, I have a handful that do, do it, possibly, but not to the extent um, as that I used to, I mean, and I don't even think my hardcore friends really, um, do that necessarily. Um, but yeah, staying dehydrated, eating, and they always, I remember not, you don't, you don't take a break because once you go down, you don't necessarily get back up. And then the other thing was they recommended and how to survive St. Patty's day is don't be an idiot. My gosh. Like, uh, alcohol on St. Patty's Day equals most people turning into idiots. So, um, yeah, I'm going to actually kind of leave it like this today. Um, St. Patty's Day, I definitely go a different route. And um, I do enjoy having that Irish uh, meal, corned beef, cabbage, um, Johnny O'Hagan's had the best because they had like this parsley, parsnip, mashed potato gravy sauce that just was outstanding. It was just my favorite thing to eat. So if they were still around, I would make it. I know one of my friends um, who used to work there, like she had a picture of the plate and I'm like, oh, I was just drooling over it because it even said Johnny O'Hagan's on the plate. And then she had taken one home and she made it for her family. And I'm like, oh. I need that. And she gave me, it was like a, um, like a Knox canned mix, which, um, the Irish has some specific things that you could only get from like Ireland. There's those beans too, that are Irish. Um, so, okay. Having that Irish meal is really the green, only thing I really like. I would like to still dress up on St. Patty's day. Um, but really, there is no need to um, partake in that manner. Um, and if you guys have to go out, there's so many ways to um, get around it. And my question is, how I can't even like go into those bars anymore in that capacity. Could you? It just doesn't seem to like sit well with me. Um, I could go like a couple days before, after, but no, I just like, that's not my capacity anymore. And, um, so yeah, so that's the story. One of the stories of St. Patty's, one of the 420s. 
And uh, that was my, one of my college experiences. There were so many there, but I'm going to leave it with that today. And, um, and how are you guys been doing? Have you been practicing your self-care? Because I have continued two months of walking, stairs and steps. Um, it's just like such a good thing. I can't get enough of it. I'm enjoying it so much. The other thing I've been doing, um, I do, you know, love listening to podcasts. So, um, um, Mel Robbins, Kathy Heller, Jay Shetty. Um, I have my own personal friends that are doing theirs. My friend, Lucy Spinsterhood reimagined, um, joyful journaling with my friend, Becca, my friend Catherine has one, The Unstoppable Joy. Uh, it's just so fun um, to know the people um, behind them. Uh, Brandy and her Sober Podcast, those are some I've been on. Eating Me, I love that name. That's Leash and her podcast. So um, I've really enjoyed listening to the podcast. That's just like such a cool thing. I'm always learning something new. Uh, another thing that I did though one day is I went out and I was quiet. And I um, asked um, a question, like having a conversation with God. And it was really quite cool because he gave me some really great inspiration. I had so much fun. And so if you guys are pondering something, there's different ways you can go about it. But this is how I did. And, uh, you know, I talked to um, the Lord. And um, and so I just said, hey, I have this question. And we went out and I had such a joyful time. I laughed and giggled on um, my whole walk. And I actually came out with the funnest jingle for my sticky balls. And it's really fun. Sticky balls are made of these cashew and dates and chia seeds. I've traveled the world full of recipes. Everybody's looking for plant-based. Some of them want healthy. Some of them want healing. Some of them want nutritious others just want some deliciousness Ooh. okay that's good enough but that was just a little of my inspiration so i'm continuing my um journey on creating this gibbs goodies over at the hatchery over in the garfield park neighborhood i gotta tell you this incubator and Sprouts program is outstanding. I have to just say thank you so much for my coaches, the leaders, the nonprofits that are behind this. I know I was nervous um, about going into this, doing it alone. Man, they have shown up every step of the way. Anytime I have a question, it's remarkable. I had a really cool conversation today with Greg O'Neill, who used to own Pastoral here in Chicago. He's a cheese and wine like entrepreneur, but he's also like a marketing guru and helping me and giving me some advice. So I've just really been having these cool um, experiences um, in this whole program. Um, I've been doing some really great breath work with some of my cohorts 
from um, Kathy Heller's Abundant Ever After, this mastermind, this incredible tribe of women that I have met. And um, so I am just continuing on my just self-care journey. And if you are interested in a self-care journey, well, I'm going to tell you how to um, connect with me. So please know that you're not alone in this journey and um, I want to support you in any way of you're looking to be um, sober curious, um, just seeing, um, just having a conversation with me. So I just want to stop. Thank you for stopping by listening to my 420 reason why I, one of them, why I uh, quit drinking and I just thank you for your time and God bless you. Are you curious about living a sober life, but not sure where to start? Do you want to explore what it means to be sober curious and how it can benefit your overall well-being? If so, I want to invite you to book a free 30-minute discovery call with me. During this call, we'll discuss the concept of sober curiosity and how it can help you improve your health, relationships, and overall quality of life. We will also explore different strategies and resources to support your journey towards a sober, curious lifestyle. Whether you're interested in cutting back on alcohol, exploring new ways to have fun and socialize, or simply seeking a healthier way of living, I'm here to guide you through the process. My goal is to help you gain clarity and confidence in your decision to explore a sober, curious life. I believe that everyone deserves to feel empowered and in control of their choices. I'm committed to supporting you every step of the way. If this sounds like something you'd like to explore further, please reach out to me via DM and the links in the show notes to schedule your free 30-minute discovery call. I look forward to speaking with you soon. So thanks again for stopping by, being here and listening. This is just another one of the reasons why I needed to quit drinking. You can find me and the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Anchor. Please do me a favor. Make sure you subscribe. I'd greatly appreciate it if you would leave me a review and even share with a friend. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. This is Diane Gibbs and the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking podcast. Until next time, later.